1: Notre Dame fans welcome back to another edition of the Irish Breakdown podcast it is Tuesday my name is Brian Driscoll I'm the publisher at irishbreakdown.com and I'm joined by that guy over there hey. Vince Dario. that is oh, that is sweet. our football analyst at our I was had to think about it like I was the whole time we're doing the intro I'm thinking about okay which direction do I point Which and I'm on
2: the wrong side so, so it's okay I got to, it
1: right though I got I'm it right so this. that is Vince Dario, our football analyst at irishbreakdown.com and this is our upon further review podcast so uh, there's a chance we may have to do a little bit of a basketball show tonight. I may have to do a little basketball show tonight. We'll have to see about maybe right o'clock. 8 so, uh, o'clock. Interesting. Yeah, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. So uh, we're, we're wanted, I wanted to get the upon further review out of the way now. Wanted to get that done now so we could dive into this game because you know, I finally had a chance to sit down, Vince, and watch the film. And there was a lot of things that we confirmed what we saw on Saturday night. There were some things that um, that we have that we saw that we have to say. Okay, they've got to do a better job with this. But uh, overall, Vince, as I sit back and think about it, this this was a this was a such a huge win for Notre Dame because they were able to go on the road, get a win, face adversity, all those types of things. And, and yes, it was ugly, and and we're going to talk about the fact that they've got to stop winning ugly because you can't keep doing that for twelve games. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Because you're you're starting to play some teams that actually have good offenses, unlike most of the first half of the schedule. But worse defenses, and yes. But right now, <laughs> Notre Dame's offense hasn't proven that they can score on bad defenses a whole lot. So, but the, they needed to get this win. They needed to go into the bye week and get this win. And that, to me, was the biggest takeaway from this game. Is whatever you got to do to get it done, you can fix all the warts. You've got an extra week to kind of sit down, take a breath, of you know, you know, let the players go finish their because they got midterms coming up this week. Right, let them right. focus on that to right. have them get away from football. Then you, as coaches, get in the get in the lab and figure out what the heck you've got to do differently. Self-scouting, Self-scouting has got to be a big thing this week. Nailed it. Making changes, not being stubborn on what you thought this team was going to be, but accepting what this team is. But you had to do that with a win
2: behind you, and they got that done. They did, and it was, we talked about it yesterday with Sean. Sean uh love doing shows with Sean uh he brought a lot to the to the show throw yesterday it in my face Vince just I'm, just it saying, my face. I'm just saying I'm uh, just saying I know he but we talked about that like it's it is going into a bye week coming off of a win makes things easier and we've said that before on other games and but the self-scout is so important this week you have to go back and you have to look at what you did well and build on it and and stick with it don't stubbornly go after what you think you were supposed to be because right. you're not that. And and I think that we can all agree that they're not this isn't a 13 personnel type team. And they're not going or to be this 12 year. 12 personnel. Or team. 12. Yeah. Exactly. They're not going to be that team this year. You Unless are you're s- going to use
1: it differently than how you're using it now. And we'll, we'll get into that.
2: Yeah, we'll into you are that. a spread it out. Let's make some quick decisions. Right. Get well, the ball we'll, out of your hands. We'll, That's what you need to be. Right. That's we'll what they talk, need to we'll, be we'll,
1: about. We We're going to get into that when we get into the offensive part. I wanted to kind of talk big picture there. But that does transition well to the offensive part here, Vince. I knew you just couldn't wait. Oh. You always do that. You know, we're trying to talk big picture. And you're just like, no, I want to talk offense. Nope, oh. Offense. Uh, Before we do, I just want to point out, too, Aaron Harrison has a question about the the things to sort out. Those are going to be what our next couple shows are going to be about. Obviously, we're not going to have, you know, stacking ups and things like that. So we're going to have some shows this week that are going to focus on the offense and defense in regards to what are the things they need to focus on big picture. But today is going to be more about the Virginia Tech game and how it relates to some big picture stuff because we are going to have some big picture conversations today. So Vince, when I went back and broke down the film, there was a there was really four takeaways for me that I looked okay. at. Number one was about the scheme. Number two was about the quarterbacks. Number three was about the offensive skill, and number four is about the line. And those are the things that we're going to focus on. That that my opinion changed a little bit watching the film. The first one is the scheme, and it, it relates to what you were just referring to. This staff continued in this game, this stubborn insistence on force feeding the run game on the opponent. Yep. And they were able to make some plays in this game because their dudes are better than Virginia Tech's dudes, right? They, they, but there's also a reason Notre Dame fell behind 29 21, right? Like, that's the thing we have to remember is like they fell behind 29 21, and one of and their only touchdown drive in the second half prior to Cone coming in was a play after Tariq or was after Tariq Bracey's interception where they got the ball at the 29 yard line
2: and we and we've said over and over again this offense is actually good right. at scoring off turnovers they they that's they, one thing they, they can do
1: great job with that <laughs> and, and, and again it's not getting field goals it's right. getting touchdowns yeah. and, and so that was big but again a lot of that was because they were stubbornly insisting on we have to run the ball and, and this is kind of what you were referring to and what we were talking about before that you just could not wait till we got to the offensive part on. And that is, this is an example of the staff's focus on what we think we should be rather than what we are. Yeah. And, you know, when Tyler Buckner first came in the game, it was, they pushed the tempo a little bit, but it was Virginia tech clearly was not ready for what they were about to do with Tyler Buckner. And this is what we saw against Purdue and I mean Toledo and this is what we've seen in the past when a different quarterback comes in the offense tends to move quickly sure but what we also saw in this game is when a team gets more than two or three series and a halftime worth of adjustments to make a change they can figure it out pretty quickly and they shut down the offense in the first half Tyler Buckner went five of eight for 101 yards and a touchdown rushed for 26 yards and a touchdown in the second half he completed more passes to Virginia Tech players than he did Notre Dame players. That is not a shot on Tyler Buckner. That is a once they were able to kind of figure out what you were doing with Tyler Buckner in the game, which was a run centric offense. Correct. You got shut down. You didn't even sniff scoring until your defense made a play. And so a 14 to 13 lead turned into a 20, 20 22 to 21 deficit and you were lucky that it was 22 21. Because you had the Tariq Bracey interception that gave you that short field to get that score. The offense wasn't even threatening. And and, and I don't put that on Tyler Buckner. That is that is a coaching thing.
2: It's a scheme thing. There's
1: yeah. No insistence on and and they they went away from 12 personnel. They didn't go away from 12 personnel till they till Mitchell Evans got ejected. And it was almost kind of like, and I hate to say this, it was almost kind of like a blessing in disguise. It stunk for Mitchell. I, I thought that was a horrible call. And 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 I gotta give that kid credit. He's not ready to play. Right now, I mean, he is a former quarterback still in the play but the kid battles his butt off, and he's clearly shown them enough to say, "Hey, this kid can help us out." But I still say, with some of these kids they're playing, it's like you know you're putting you're putting him in a bad situation. People say, "Well, you know, he should have done this, this, and this." Oh, this is exactly the point. You're asking a your kid to played quarterback last year to know how to properly execute a down block in college with college rules about what you can or can't do on a crack and targeting and all those kind of things, right? That's what I mean when I say Mitchell's not ready. I, I've been impressed with what I've seen from him. Athletically, he's better than I thought he was going to be and all those type of things. But, like, you're putting him in there and you're asking him to be a blocker. This is my problem. If you're going to use Mitchell Evans, just like George Tackas, he's a long, athletic kid. And you're trying to make him be Brock Wright or Troy Nicholas from, you know, back in 2012. We're just blockers. And to me, that's a, a bad use of your personnel and how you're using your personnel did the same thing with Kane Barong when he came in. They just used him as a blocker. Right. Because they're not looking at their personnel. They're looking at a sheet of paper that says, this is what we like. We like 12. We like doing this. We like this. We like doing that because that's who we are. That's that's the Notre Dame way, right? That's what worked last year. This isn't last year's team. No. You don't have the line from last year. You don't have the tight end experience from last year. You You have tight end talent. But it's very young talent that's more pass game oriented than it is run game oriented.
2: And your best tight end was on the sideline. You, right. I mean, you got to remember right. that too, right? I mean, and when that's, they were going twelve yeah. personal,
1: they were down to their second and third tight ends, right? And, and then you you look at your team, and say, there's a lot more skill on this year's team. So that's kind of was my big takeaway: is they won this game the same reason they won the Wisconsin game, same reason they won the Purdue game and the Toledo game and the Florida State game. They have way better players than the teams are going against. Yeah, way, way better players. And so that is my frustration. But at the same time, I'm hoping that how this game ended is a final wake up call as they self scout to say, why is it that every time we put Jack in one of these situations, he's money. He looks so much more comfortable than he does at the beginning of the game. And I think that that to me, Vince, is is the thing they got to figure out. You you that's the biggest takeaway this week if they don't have that come to Jesus moment when it, in regards to who they are as an offense, right? Then we're going to see a lot of the same second half of the season. They're going to out talent a lot of teams, but they're not going to be the team they they should be on offense, right? If they don't, if they don't have that open minded, are we really using these this personnel the right way?
2: Yeah, because I think I, I think that the offense will still score. I think that they will have some success. But they're also going to have some massive failures, right? We're, they're going to have three and outs, and they're going to have times when they're not, they just don't look good at all if they continue down this road, right? If they open it up a little bit, you know, and I, by open it up, I just mean spread spread the formation out, get get adapt uh, to your personnel, yeah, adapt to who you are or you who you should be, I should say. Um, if they can do that, then they're going to have a lot of success offensively and they're going to mm-hmm. be able to score some points and they're going to be able to take some of the pressure off the defense, which I think is huge right now because there's a ton of pressure on this defense to keep Notre Dame in games. And I'm not excusing some of the mistakes that were made on defense because the you know there was too much pressure on them. But in past games, I feel like I was personally putting too much pressure on the defense to save their tush because the offense couldn't do it when they needed to do it, right? Mm-hmm. And, and the defense had to had to do it on their own. They had to put the team on their shoulders, et cetera. Um, take some pressure off those guys, and then let them play, and maybe they don't make as many mistakes. Right. NFL football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the Internet to find NFL tickets anymore, because Tick pick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, Tick Pick will give you 110% off the difference in the purchase price. Whether you're a Bears fan in Indiana like me, a Colts fan in Indy, a Giants or a Jets fan in New York City, a Broncos fan in Denver, a Cowboys fan in Dallas or anywhere in between, TickPick is your spot to get tickets to all the NFL games. Just visit tickpick.com/irish today and use the promo code IRISH to save $10 on your first order of NFL tickets. Again, that's tickpick.com/irish and use the promo code Irish to save $10 on your first order of NFL tickets.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
1: So like this was a, a Tyler Longbreak had two questions. He said, Did they recruit more receiving tight ends with the expectation that they could teach them the block? And then he says, If they want to block with tight ends, why didn't they just recruit that build? Here, here's the thing, Tyler. This is the point we're making. I think Mitchell Evans eventually going to be a very good blocker and pass catcher. And I think Kane Barong's eventually going to be a very good blocker and pass catcher. They're freshmen. Right. They're true freshmen. Right. This is why we don't see true freshmen play a lot on the offensive line. Michael Mayer is so the exception to the rule. Right. Right. Because he was a grown freaking man, and and even he has not blocked well this year. But you're asking. This is why you don't see, except for three hundred thirty five pounders, you don't often see freshman offensive linemen stepping on the field because you're putting them in the trenches, and you're asking them to block college juniors and seniors. Right. It's it's a tough ask. But 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 the point being, Vince, kind of like you said, is you have to build around your personnel, not what you liked schematically. And I think there's too much of that going on. And, and part of me wonders if that's a Brian Kelly insistence. You know, we've got to get back to running the football and all this other kind of stuff. You know, we've, we've got to prove we can do this. I, I don't care if you run for 50 yards or 250 yards. Build around your talent. Because I feel like they're trying to start run first and then build to the pass when what we've been saying all along is build around your pass and that's going to make your run game better. Yeah. And we've seen that at times. But yeah. what we saw in the final two minutes is exactly what we've seen in other games. When they, when they spread the field, when they go quick,
3: right, when they
1: attack the perimeter, when they, yes. when they, when they you know, look, some of the great pass protection they were getting at the end of the game. You know, again, part of it was Virginia Tech wasn't bringing six-man pressures as much anymore and that kind of stuff. But it was.
2: But guess was, what? They were bringing four, and right. Notre Dame's had trollables with four. But
1: because Notre Dame <laughs> was going empty, Notre Dame was getting guys that out in the, in the short parts of the field sure. that when pressure come, Jack could just yeah. dump that thing off. So that's that's kind of my frustration with the with the scheme part of it is is they they I, I was I was not as impressed I was impressed with what Tommy did early with Tyler, but I felt like you know we we talked about it in the post game there's a lot of different run concepts they clearly had a Tyler Buckner run game package yes and, and I and I've kind of felt like if you would actually use RPOs effectively there's a lot of that stuff you could use with Jack Cohn in the game but your insistence of to, to not use RPOs. I don't understand and why. Once again, why.
2: I RPOs don't do not mean that the quarterback is running. Right. Okay, I just want to put that out there. I was sitting. Before next someone to, asks, if someone will. I, I was sitting next to a guy watching this game, and he's like, "They can't run RPOs with Jack Cohen. He's got cement feet." I go, "RPO doesn't necessarily mean that, man. It, it like, doesn't even on.
1: mean it at all. Come on, it, it doesn't mean it at all. They ran a million RPOs with Jack Cohen, a quarterback at Alabama anyway. last year. Anyway, so we'll, continue. We'll get on, we're gonna get on that tangent again. So to me. That, that those are the things that they they've got to they've got to stop being so dang stubborn.
2: Yes, and, and go back yes. to what they want to do.
1: So it, it's it's like, <clears throat> let's talk about the quarterbacks,
2: Vince. Let's do that. Yes.
1: After watching the game, I, I was not as unimpressed. I was I was frustrated with what I thought the offense under Jack Cone during the game. When I went back and watched it the second time around, when I look at the first three drives, I, I don't think Jack Cone played that poorly. I think it was a typical. We're just going to run inside zone every play. And, and then they, I mean, they had mistakes. You had, I think it was the first drive. He hits Kyron Williams on a, 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 just a, the route we want to see, quick check down. They were playing off. He catches it easy. Five, six yard gain comes back because, because you've got a receiver not lined up covering up the tight end. Right. So now instead of it being third and two, it's now second and 12 and, and you end up stalling out the drive. Right. Right. Next drive they get in the game. He hits a re- he does a great job staying in the pocket. Hits Kevin Austin coming over the middle, twelve yard gain. You kind of get rolling. You get into Virginia Tech territory. You get down to a fourth and one. You line up and you get a false start. And now you get a punt. I- I've yet to see the Jack McComb mistake. He made the mistake on the next drive. His mistake was the climbing into the pocket, climbing right into the pressure when he actually was given a really nice pocket on that. Yeah, he was. I agree. He's got to hit the check down. So that was his mistake. But I kind of felt like there's a lot of assumptions that the offense didn't move because Jack didn't play well. And I've seen a lot of people say that. And I fell victim to that on Saturday. And and then they brought him into, you know, they brought Buckner into the game and and Buckner let him down on that next drive. And and what they do with Buckner in the game, they took a shot down the field. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, cause they, they had, the cause right, they with him, you outside. Have, yes. You have you know? to, you
2: have to have some sort of a threat of the pass. And that, and hitting that deep ball to Kevin Austin was like, oh, well, now we got to respect the pass. And, and they did. And, you know, having a mobile quarterback, obviously, in the run game, obviously, it keeps, even if there's a, just a bit of a hesitation by the defensive ends, it creates lanes right, because they're afraid that Tyler Buckner was going to pull. I mean, mm-hmm. that that is where having a dual-threat quarterback is very beneficial to you, right, because it, it it makes guys hesitate, even just for a little bit. And that's why the run game was successful in the first half. Mm-hmm.
1: So, to me, when we saw Cohn come back in the second half, obviously he was put in a situation where they had to do those things, and he did it. But I still feel like whether you like Jack Cohn or not, I don't think anyone can, can make the case that three series in that situation were twice penalties that were. Now, the first penalty, technically, I still put on Cone. That was a mistake because you have to, as a quarterback, see that guys aren't lined up correctly. Correct. Right? Absolutely. And make, that, make that change. That is we teach something that in that, high school. You know, that, that's the that first is, thing you so, do.
2: Right. Look around, make sure everybody's lined up right.
1: Right. Right. So that's something they needed to do, but I felt like when we saw him in that second half, he, they've got to figure out a way to get him that level of comfort all the time. And until they do that, he's going to continue to not lead the offense. And and to me, that's not a Jack Cohn problem. That is a Notre Dame, Brian Kelly, Tommy Reese problem. And and that's going to have to get fixed. And then with Buckner, Vince, you know, I wrote an article today at IrishBreakdown.com. And and the, the premise was we saw Saturday, in my opinion, we saw that Tyler Buckner is the future. In my opinion, he is the Absolutely. future quarterback. I, I I was really impressed with some of the stuff I saw from him on Saturday. Throwing the ball down the field, um, being able to make big plays with his legs, you know, teams having to focus on him, which then allows, which makes it a little harder to focus on Kyron Williams. You know, we saw motions. You know, we saw inside runs. We saw outside runs. You know, we saw his athleticism. We saw option. We saw power read. We saw all those types of things. And then we also saw him, you know, effectively throw the ball. But, like, we were seeing things in that game. We're seeing, like, jet sweep motions and all that. And now they never actually threw the jet sweeps. But, you know, at least they were getting some of the motions. But, you know, then they come out and they get to midfield. And they spread the field out. They drop back and, and catch it and go. Virginia Tech was giving them shots like that the whole game. I mean they were there was a lot of instances where they were playing two safeties, but the second safety was playing up and over top of the slot where the field go route was there a lot in this game. And and that particular play was a boundary go route where they actually did have a safety off the ball, but they were playing a lot of robber, which we talked about going into the game. And robber is the safeties are gonna step down. And and so when when I saw that, it's like, okay, yeah, they're they're really moving, you know. I, I liked what I saw. When and he they snapped that ball on that go route. They snapped that ball with it's like 17 seconds left on the play clock. Play clock, which means you know, again, they were they were moving. You know, they they were they were getting after. it. They were moving. I don't remember them having a, a single snap where they were getting down to, you know, under 10 seconds on, right. on the play clock. You know, they they were they were. Getting it was like mini
2: it, tempo. Like, like it was. Yeah. It wasn't like like Oregon tempo, but no, it was it like
1: was the a kind mini of tempo you need yeah. to have. Don't give yeah. the defense a lot of time to get right lined up and then. You know, he makes that play and, and and then he comes down the next drive and, and showed even more things. And it wasn't just okay, yeah, he's really athletic. But what I liked about the next series was you know, he was hitting some outcuts. You know, I'm watching i I'm watching a play here, you know, during that game where, where it was second and four, they went empty. You know, th- they got Chris Tyree on a little outcut. Chris has got to catch that ball, but Tyler's got to throw a better ball. And those are the things where his game is still lacking, you know, and it was kind of like what we talked about with Drew Pine that experience that comes from when to throw with touch. You got a guy wide open in the flats, you know, throw with touch. And then, you know, the next series, he misses another one where he misses Avery Davis, right? So those are those maturity things that come from experience. He got that experience. That was important. You know, but then you come out that next series, and, and again, what they do first play, they go empty, they motion it back into the backfield, they run a swing. You know, there's all types of things you can – and a lot of that stuff you can do with Jack Cohn in the game. And you know, again, we're talking about spreading the field. Even even with Tyler, like you watch that play where he throws that seam route to Avery Davis. You know that that was a, a similar play to what they hit later in the game with Jack in the games. So you can't really say, oh well, gee, they did that because they were playing a different you know defense. They they did that in the second quarter with Tyler Buckner in the game during a two minute right, and it's because you spread them out. And I'm, and I'm watching it now. They lined up, snapping the ball with 20 seconds left. Why, why why do you wait till two minutes to do that? Right. I mean, that stuff is there. That that's the frustrating thing. It's like it's there all the time. I was waiting on him to go to it when you're watching a game. Yeah. Then you no get doubt. to the second half and we saw less of that in the second half. We saw more uh in the second half, we saw more a, a a more methodical offense, I guess is the right way to say it. You know, where now it was it was more 12 personnel, it was a lot more of that that kind of thing. You know, and and they made they had opportunities. Virginia Tech had more opportunities, in my opinion, to kind of they they just were better prepared. Like I'm I'm looking at it now, the first play on offense in the second half, they're in thirteen personnel.
2: Right. Yep. Like, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it just some of the stuff they did to me just it was it was like, what are you doing? You know, and then I'm watching this third and four call. They snapped the ball with six seconds left, right? Now, again, guy was open. He's got to hit that out cut to Avery Davis. But you could just see that the things that, that Virginia Tech was doing to him pre-snap when they were allowing him. I'm watching this play. Virginia Tech walked their nickel out down. They walked their a linebacker up like they were going to bring an all-out blitz, and Tyler's mind just immediately sped up like they're bringing a blitz. I got to immediately speed this thing up. And so he rushes a throw. But they weren't blitzing. That's right. what you do to a freshman quarterback when you have time to sit at halftime and adjust. So a lot of that stuff was was, you know, Tyler's inexperience and a kid that yeah. hasn't played football in two years. Yeah.
2: And it sped him up and, and his accuracy was not as good, obviously, in the second half. He was overthrowing some guys. Uh that one that should have been picked off to hit the guy in the numbers. Mm-hmm. He the receiver was open. I yeah, mean, third, it was it was, was a the great third and 4th I'm talking about. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Avery,
1: a great read. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and he just he just overthrew and it him. was
1: a throw he hit twice in the first quarter in the first in right. the second quarter. So we know right? he can hit it. Yeah, right. exactly. He hit, he hit the outcut to Avery Davis for the eight yard gain on second and eight, and then he hit him again on the touchdown.
2: And and so. the pick six, I love the fact that they did they gave us the all twenty two on that on the TV copy mm-hmm. because it showed. He wasn't working the right side of the field because right. the the field side was wide open for a first right. down, you know, and and he threw it into coverage and, and he stared his guy down. And and it was a freshman mistake. Right. right. So but all of those things are correctable. Right. right. And that's why you're, you said at the top of this quarterback conversation is that we saw why Tyler Buckner is the future. He's just not the full time present. Right. And I think that's a really important distinction to make. Right, but man, when he was on, he was—it was, it was he fun was to watch. I mean, yeah. it was—it was good football. It was fun to watch. It just—they have to be able to combat, you know, the defenses adjustments with offensive adjustments. Mm-hmm. I mean, that—that that, that's really what right. it comes down to. Right, but yeah, and, and
1: on that particular play, people have said about Deion Colsey. You know what was Deion Colsey doing? Yeah, Dion was not sure what his post snap conversion should have been. Agreed. He's supposed to take that vertical. He's supposed to, so when that guy squats, Deion's supposed to run by him. That that's you know so he, it looked like he had like a, a hitch. Well, a hitch come you know when you run that particular play, uh, most teams will will convert a hitch to a, a vertical route, right? And so they had a, they had a, a press corner. Right. And the guy bailed and Dion didn't know what to do. Right. Right. Freshman mistake. So he kind of yeah, he kind of got caught in, caught got caught into a a little bit of a tight, you know, a a situation where he wasn't sure what to do. He's got to execute that. Right. And you got to do a better job as a coach, get him ready to play. And then Tyler obviously didn't read it correctly. But I still I still feel like that's the kind of mistake that Tyler Buckner needs to make to to learn from. You know, again, he he I mean, he just he was playing with children in high school i mean like you know i mean like he looked like that grown-up that's like playing like big time you know that's like acting like he's still in high school dominating when he's playing like against his family at thanksgiving he's playing against a little 10 11 year old nephews (laughs) telling everybody
2: throwing the ball over the mountains
1: right and he's like stiff arming him and running for you know like that's what tyler buckner looked like in high school i mean he was just a man amongst boys so these kind of things he'll he needs to learn from so i actually like that tyler got a lot of experience on saturday night and you know and he got to have brian kelly in his face and you know, we saw we saw purple face Brian Kelly on Saturday night, you know, which, again, we, you, you could see it from the behind. You could see the camera angle. You can see his <laughs> cheeks are like totally purple. He was losing it. Uh, getting in coaches faces and, uh, you know, talk about that little sideline fight here once I ever get some more intel on it. Yeah, but, uh, I
2: did, did, did. No, we, we saw none happen. of that. I we watched saw none happen. of that.
1: Yeah, I watched it was it's just strange. So I'm just trying to find out who was involved before I, I get too much into it. But yeah, uh, based on who I think it was, it's gonna be interesting. But anyway, I, I think when I look at this, Vince, I, I feel like we saw some things from the quarterback position that if they handle this bye week correctly, it gives me some serious excitement about the second half of the year. Yeah. Because that gets me to the final point. When the offense is built around them, you cannot stop these skill players. You may be able to take a Kevin Austin out of the game, but you can't take him and Lindsay and Avery Davis and Cardin Williams and Chris Tyree. And then Chris Tyree goes down and they play Logan Diggs, who we have been saying, why isn't he playing? And lo and behold, Logan Diggs looks like a like, you know, like he's a He a, looked like a
2: seasoned vet. Like he did this, good things. How does
1: it take an injury to get that kiss and play in time? Right. Like, here's what I would rather do. This is the frustrating thing. How are you gonna watch? what's going on at how you're using your tight ends. And again, this isn't just about the way the tight ends, the talent of the tight ends. I think it's a talented group, but how you're using your tight ends. How Mm -hmm. can you justify that that's a better personnel group than putting two receivers outside or Michael Mayer and a receiver outside? Again, not this game. So that's why I say two receivers. In the future, it'll be Michael Mayer. But two receivers outside, Kyron Williams in the slot, Chris Tyree and Logan Diggs in in the backfield.
2: Three running backs, baby. Right if everybody's I
1: healthy. But see, now you've got, you can really spread in the field because you've got five athletes you can throw the ball yeah, to. Right? Absolutely. You could put Kyron and Chris Tyree out slot and you have Logan in the backfield. And Logan also showed that he can catch the football on Saturday. So I just don't know how you don't better use your players. And that includes when you're in 12 personnel, please throw the ball to the second tight end. Hey, look, George Tack is, as we've always known, can catch the football. Yeah.
2: That was his first target, right? Of the season, yeah. I believe yeah so. That's what I'm saying. Of the season. Yes.
1: Yeah, believe so. <laughs> yeah, just,
2: I said that to somebody else while, I was like, that was his first target. Maybe yeah. they should throw it to him a little bit more. And they're yeah. like, no, they've tried to throw no, no. they haven't. That's the problem. I don't believe
1: he's had a target all year. I cannot yeah. remember one. Exactly. Cannot remember one. So uh but but that's the my final takeaway, Vince is I mean, they were getting they were getting good separation. Even again they were getting separation even against the bet. The, I mean, this we said before the game that I thought this secondary outside of Ahmed Gardner was better than the Cincinnati one, and right? As, as a whole, yeah. Jermaine Waller showed he's a pretty good player too, but we we saw what happens when Kevin Austin executes a well, like a, a technically sound route. You can't guard him.
2: Mm-hmm. You
1: can't. You can't guard him. You can't guard him and. Braden and Tyree, or Williams, and Avery Davis. Right, exactly. You know, it just – and then they, – they, here's the thing I like about the receivers too. I thought they battled. They made some mistakes. Blocking wasn't always sound, but, like, they battled. I thought that's the one thing I'll take away from this team, and we'll transition to the final point that I know you want to talk about, Vince, and that's the play of the offensive line. In my opinion, we saw very, very, very little improvement technically. We saw very little Im- – Upper body, technically, we saw very little improvement from a, a, a an assignment correctness standpoint in the run game. We saw two things: we saw better pass pro, which I think coincides with christophic and Joe Alt being in the game. And number two, this group played their butts off.
2: They the the yeah. difference from so we, last week we said, yeah, you know, the O line they played hard, you know, whatever. But the increase for me from two weeks ago, last week to this week in firing off the football, keeping your legs moving, driving off, like the difference is night and day. And I am in no way saying that these guys are ready to be crowned like the best offensive line in the country by any stretch of the it's imagination.
1: Relative to what they've been.
2: Yes, it's relative to what they've been. But these guys battled remember like three weeks ago we're like man i just want five tryhards they just get a body on a body and play hard they did that and look what happened they did that and they had success doing that
1: second best defense they've played on and i
2: and i feel like it they fed off of each other on that too Mm -hmm. i I felt like christophic and alt played well as a as a duo as a like i thought they worked well together um i don't know if it was just a communication thing or what I just, I was impressed with the physicality of the front and the, the, the drive and the get off. And I've been complaining about their get off since day one. And it's been terrible. Um, Now there's some technical things that they still need to work on. For example, um, this, the tight end. So to Takis, he had a block one time and he's supposed to be sealing the edge. He was too much stock blocking and not enough get in and drive right now. He, it was successful. He, he, was between the ball and his man, which is, I mean, if it's what we're looking for, then we got it, but it was too much arms extended for me. I want to see more get inside and drive. Mm -hmm. Um, So so, some, a few things like that, but man, I, as I watched back, they actually played better to me than I thought that they did watching it live. I was just because I've been so critical and I've been watching these guys like a Hawk, um, they just they played better. They played, yeah. and again, not technically sound yet, but man, all I want is for you to just find somebody and just drive it's them. The one
1: technical thing that they did improve on, that's why I said upper body. Yeah. Is they did, I mean, we saw Kane Madden working his feet through contact a lot more. In this yeah. Time. Yes. You know, we saw Kristoffic do that. And, and there was so that, so the reason that matters is there's a, so Kristoffic's not a real powerful dude. He's more of an athletic guy. I think that's why his pass pro is good. But what we've been seeing in the past is Zeke Carell would hit a guy, and we've seen it from Christophe too. They'd hit a guy, stop their feet, and they get knocked back. What we saw on Saturday was there were times where where Christophe hit a guy And 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 they stalemated, but he kept working his feet, so they just stayed there. Okay. And Kyron Williams, like, okay, I got this. (laughs) Yeah. Right. He can fit into very small windows. And so can Logan Diggs. Yeah, absolutely. So can Chris Tyree. Right. And, And that's the thing is like when you when you keep a body on a body, there were so many runs in this game, and this is where I thought the backs were amazing. Their patience. And kudos to Lance Taylor for, 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 yeah. Cause Kyron was kind of rushing and pressing and like making, you know, the, he got them ready to play. The patience that they showed to kind of like let those guys get a body on a body, let them get a little bit of movement and then you,
2: Then go. find your spot and go.
1: Yeah. Like there was the one 10 yard run that Logan Diggs had. We talked about in the post game show, but he's kind of slowly going downhill on inside zone. And then he sees the backside kind of washing them down and he just takes it out the back door for 10 yards. I'm like, oh, love it.
2: That's what Zone that supposed to happen
1: look like last week or the week before the week <laughs> right. before that because that backside guy was was blowing the guard up into his face. yeah, right And, and so the tryhard in this game was there. The body staying engaged, body on a body was there and it, they weren't dominant. they weren't great. they can still play a lot better. There's still some scheme problems on on the uh, inside zone. You saw it on one play where the guard just kind of turns on inside zone, but Kyron's forced to take it outside the guard. So the D-tackle just kind of comes off and tackles Kyron for a six-yard gain. If they're blocking that correctly and Zeke's got more of that guy's, you know, outside shoulder or at least squared up on him, that guy can't get off to Kyron and Kyron's got room to go, right? But the try-hard was there. The effort was there. On that same particular play two weeks ago, Zeke Carell gets beat, and the guy tackles Kyron for a one-yard gain or two-yard loss because he's driven off the ball. But the try-hard was there. The body on a body was there. And when they needed per time, so late in the second quarter when Buckner was in the game, they gave him time. Second half, when Cone went in the game, they gave him time. Yes, they did. they, They got time when they needed time. They opened up holes and holes with one exception. They the, the third and one play, and it looked kind of like they weren't really sure what was going on. I think that was like they, they weren't necessarily they, they didn't really know what was going on. That, but that's that's thing for me. That was the thing I was encouraged by Vince from this group was mm-hmm. just they battled yeah. right and and with and to your point from way earlier, if they can give me that kind of effort and that kind of just stick a body on a body second half of the year, the run game's going to get better. Right. No, even if they don't change a thing, the run game is going to get better. Pass pro is going to get better. You
2: can work with that offensive line. There's things you can do. Even
1: with the stuff that they're doing schematically, we don't like. Right. But if they do that and make some adjustments, and again, this isn't about overhauling your whole offense. It's about placing an emphasis on things you're already doing, but making that more of your primary as opposed to your secondary, which is what those things are now. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So... That was a great sign for me. And, and, and look, Josh Lugg has had two awful games in a row against Wisconsin and Cincinnati. Awful
2: yeah. games. Worse than I've ever this seen him play. This was his best game of the season. Yeah, he played well. To, I yeah, mean, I there mean. was
1: one particular play where him and Tackus took the right side of the line and drove him like five, six yards off the ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, I went back and watched. because like, maybe – because I said it I said it on Saturday night. I was like, maybe it wasn't as good, but it just was so much better than we've seen in the past. It looked like five <laughs> six, and six That was. It was like five, six yards off the ball by the end of the play. Yeah. He to see him battle back after just two brutal games. Now he had that stupid hold that ended up. It didn't matter anyway because they ended up calling a clipping on that play, Uh, which I think by rule that's technically clipping, even though it wasn't. He kind of fell on him, you know. But whatever. The I don't really even
2: touched him. The I, officiating was was I don't know
1: piss poor in the game. Like and it was both ways. There was a somebody yeah. actually brought this up in the chat, but I was yeah. watching the game last night. There was a pump play. Now it wouldn't have mattered. It would have given them five extra yards. But they had two number twenty sixes on the field on a Notre Dame punt punt return. Notre Dame had two 26s on the field. Xavier Watts and uh, Leo, Leo El- Albano, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's just like, how does that happen? Like that's your that's one of your primary jobs as a as a exactly special teams coordinator.
2: You, that's you that's that. that is so. That is so elementary. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's so elementary. And if you if you really 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 want two of those guys on the field at the same time. Give him a different number because right. you got plenty to choose from. You've got to it's know, not that, that big of a deal. I
1: mean, you know, Xavier Watts' number's been twenty six for several weeks now,
2: right? And Leo's a walk on. Give him a different number, Is right? It not, I right. mean, it just, right? Yeah. Right. Brandon had an interesting point here. Uh, he, he said, "Brian, do referees watch film of the games that they've previously refed?
1: I think the good ones do.
2: Yeah, I think yep. the
1: good ones who look back at calls in their head that maybe like, oh, gee, I think I might have got this hold wrong. Or, man, you know, I, I didn't feel good about that, that clipping penalty we call. Let me go back and watch that. Or if concerns are raised by the opposing coaches, I think the good ones will go back and watch. Yes.
2: And, and I will say this, Brandon, just and this is from personal knowledge, right? At the high school level, we at there, there are the good crews. They will hand you their business card that's got all their names on it. And they will be like, hey, send the huddle film, which is the game film mm-hmm. on uh, using huddle. Right. That's how we trade film now. They send us the Huddle film when the game is over. And this is mm-hmm. pregame. So they actually go through it and they watch it and they make sure, you know, that they're learning mm-hmm. from their mistakes or if they miss something or whatever. Um, so I to echo what Brian said, it the good ones do. They yeah. they study yeah. their craft, which you should. Right. But and right. I would hope that college ones would do that. Yeah. But you know,
1: yeah. So but but I thought Kane Madden's a guy that's embattled. I mean, he, and he had a lot of mistakes. I mean, again, he's just, he just stops his feet too often, but I thought he played his played hard. Yeah, he, played, he gave great effort. I agree. I um, I was,
2: this was the, his best game. Argue to with that. This is he, his m- best game. Yes. Game. Now, again, I mean,
1: I've seen him play a lot better at Marshall because his technique's always been better, but again, Fair enough. play hard, <laughs> play hard. Now they also benefited. I was surprised Virginia tech. This is something I, I noticed when I broke the game film down. Virginia tech didn't run a whole lot of stunts in this game. Did you notice that?
2: Yeah, they it was a lot of twists that what they were doing is they would put guys on the line and they would drop some guys back. Yeah, or, you know, things like that. But it they wasn't a lot the of the line games
1: that has been yeah. given Notre Dame problems. And, and I, you know, I, I so that's still I was hoping that, like, when I went back and watched it, I'd seen them picking up twists and stunts. They didn't really do it. <laughs> they,
2: they didn't. You're right. You're so and that's um, that's, that's still a that's a still an issue. But yeah. You are at least a question yeah. mark. Right. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So we got to see if that's going to get better. But look, man, they, they took what Virginia did and they did a great job. I mean, well. Effort wise. Uh and again, a good offensive line coach is gonna look at this game and say, gee, um, man, we still got a lot of technical stuff we have to improve. A lot but still, even with that, they ran out ran for 180 yards against yeah. a pretty good Virginia Tech defense. Yeah. You know, and 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 got decent movement, you know. But again, they just kept a body on a body, and that's what I love. So overall offensively, Vince, I, I think from a player standpoint, I was even more pleased with the game than I was live I thought Mm that offensive players came out and battled they did not like when Virginia Tech went up 10-0 you didn't see a lot of head hanging right you didn't see a lot of uh uh-oh here we go you know they came out that next series punched one right into the end zone uh when Tech went up 29-21 Notre Dame had turned the ball over and when they came out for that final drive with Jack Cohn you didn't see a lot of I mean, they, they ran out on the field with some pep in their step. Like, let's go do this. Yeah. You know,
2: I Um it's, it's a lot of, that it, tells me a lot. It, yeah. It, it's a lot of, uh, for lack of a better term, it's a lot of, a lot of butt slaps. Like, Hey man, great effort. Good right. job. Way to be. Let's get in the film and Let's clean some stuff up. Right. You know what I mean? Like exactly. that's, that's how I felt about exactly. this game. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, I will never fault. I will. I can't fault the effort uh, on the offensive side of things. Right. I, the effort was there, and it was great. I I pulled this up just because we're talking O line. He says, do, "Does do you th- Sean Walker says, do you think Joe Alt finds another role on this O line after Fisher returns?" You and I have talked about this. We both think that Fisher could be a really good tackle, but an even better guard when it all it's all said yeah uh,
1: so here's a couple things that i'm i'm curious number one i don't think blake fisher is going to be coming back this season from Liverpool. right right so we, we we have a whole off season to figure this out yes if they're smart they'll realize that look three of our four best linemen are or three of our five best linemen for 2022 are joe alt blake fisher and tosh baker and so we got to get guard. them all on the field and, and, and you yeah. can make a case michael carmody needs to be in that conversation too uh as an interior guy you got to move somebody you know what What i'd like i wouldn't mind seeing a scenario in which blake fisher like you said moves to guard or moves to right tackle or whatever the case may be and then you look at Kristoff and say okay how can we best get him is, is this you know is he going to be jared patterson's replacement at center do you leave him on yeah. guard you know but then you say okay well this is the whole thing. Is okay. So out, you have three, yeah, three tackles to me that have, have starting starting caliber talent: Fisher, Alt, and Tosh Baker. Then you have a lot of interior guys that that to me have you know Zeke Carell obviously played a lot. Andrew Kristofik, who who is coming off his most most involved and best game as well, no doubt. You're you're coming off of you've got um, uh, Rocco Spindler right coming back. I mean, there's there's Quinn Carroll is a guy. So they're going to have. Oh look! That, as we said, talent won't be a problem next year. The question is going to be: Can they do the things they need to do to get those guys ready to play? Right. And, and right. So that that was that's the thing. But there's going to be you, options. You, you're on a. Time limit today, Vince. So I do want to get into the And we do have a
2: super chat. I don't want to lose it, so I Mm -hmm. want to throw it up from Dan. Thank you, Dan. Very much appreciated. Oh, yeah, this was a good one. With two weeks to prepare, do you think Notre Dame will stick with Buckner as the guy going forward with Cone coming in for cleanup like Reese did for Golson? I've heard a few people mention that to me. I sure hope not. Uh, That's not the one I would like to see either. Number one, Golson was a
1: red shirt freshman. If Tyler Buckner was a red shirt freshman, he'd be further along than he is right now. I'd say yes, I'd be fine with that. But, but you can't have – you can't be in that scenario. Number one, this defense isn't as good yet as that defense. You can't rely on that yet, uh, number one. Number two, I, I still feel like if you're going to build the offense – look, if the offense is built personnel-wise and schematically the way it should, I still feel like Jack Cohn is the best quarterback on this team. And we've seen it. You know, I mean, look, let's be – can we be honest about something? What's Notre Dame's record right now if, if Jack Cohn's not the quarterback? And people can give him all the hard time they want, whatever the case may be. You don't beat Florida State if you don't have Jack Cohn. in my opinion. Jack Cohn comes off the bench against Toledo and leads him on that touchdown drive. And then last night, or Friday, Saturday night, I don't know if Tyler Buckner can lead them down on two touchdown drives at the end of that game. Sure. As talented as he may be. He had, they had had five drives in the second half, five drives of Tyler Buckner. They had uh, two interceptions – Two punts and a and a, um, a touchdown on a twenty nine yard drive. Right, so Jack Cohn deserves some of the criticism he's gotten, sure, because he hasn't played well early enough in games. But the fact is, is when you look at when this offense has been as, at its best, right, this season, are instances where he was the quarterback, outside of maybe a couple, like the the drive against uh, Toledo with Buckner when they were backed up their own four. That was a phenomenal drive. A lot of it was about Tyler, but a lot of it is, you know, his, if you look, Tyler's two best drives this season were his first drive in a game when the team had been, you know,
2: right. He hadn't seen like element that. of surprise a little bit. Yeah.
1: So anyway, so that's kind of where I'm at, Vince. With I'm, with whole thing is, I'm with is you. I'm with you. So, but that's a really I, good question. Yeah. I still think it's the, the, and we'll talk about this more tomorrow, but we'll, we'll, we'll answer that question, Dan, in more detail tomorrow when we talk about the offense as a whole. So Vince, let's get to the defense. This was just as weird of a game breaking it down the second the second time as it was watching it live. And and I would say, you tell me if you agree or disagree. I'm gonna say it right now. Okay. I thought Notre Dame dominated Virginia Tech on about 80% of the snaps Saturday night. Dominated. It's just as we've said, when they make mistakes, they make them big. <laughs> they, they don't do anything half ass <laughs> No, no, no. They don't make mistakes to give them five yards. They yeah. give them mistakes to give them like 20, 30, Gosh. you know, stuff like that. I, I just thought it was at times a poorly executed game plan. I thought early in the game, I thought Notre Dame had Virginia Tech's number. They were dominating on the edge. Quarterback had nowhere to go. They were trying to run some traditional stuff. Didn't work. Virginia Tech made a couple adjustments. Now, this, the first touchdown drive, you have – Jason, Justin Adamiola turns a tight end loose on a wheel route. Then you have Tariq Bracey falling down and, and Isaiah Pryor not getting enough depth underneath a route on a play action, which allows for big play. It, it, it's, it's there. It's like, look, it's execution, right? It's, it's execution. You got to execute better. And then they, Virginia Tech realized, hey, we can't run off tackle. We can't run between the tackles on them. Their, their running backs had 38 yards rushing on 16 carries in this game. The traditional runs were not there. Absolutely they, correct. Some, Virginia Tech did some stuff with the run game that I thought was creative with the, the backup quarterback. They brought the backup quarterback in the game.
2: who's they, a run, It was a Tyler Buckner package, essentially. Right? I mean, it was he's going to run the ball. I mean, they had him throw the ball once, and it was like, okay, we see why right. he doesn't throw the ball.
1: Right. Yeah. He hadn't done something like that since the Middle Tennessee game, and that was him coming off the bench. Right. Like, they had never done shown that, like, in the middle of a game. Right? That was new, and it was good coaching. Um, it, it, to me, that was that was smart uh, by Virginia Tech. They were getting beat inside. So they said, hey, we, we got to get outside. So they ran a couple jet sweeps and, and a, sh- a jet sweep and a shovel and it got them some yards. And so, I mean, that's good coaching. Hey, we're getting our butt kicked up front. We're getting our butt kicked in the trenches. So let's figure out another way to get something going in the run game. Imagine that.
2: Yeah, right. Go
1: to thunk it, they're kicking our butt up front. So let's run some jet sweeps and shovels. And they did a good job of out
2: leveraging Notre Dame. Yes, they did, and it was it was a poor job of Notre Dame uh, on those plays as well, in yeah. my opinion. They they were allowing themselves to get blocked. The block destruction was was right po- very poor on the edge. Uh, so like
1: early in the game, they tried to run like a screen, like a traditional perimeter screen, and Notre Dame blew it up. Yes. Jack Kaiser was out there. He kind of he got a big he got a big hit, and that forced the guy back inside to Kyle Hamilton, who blew it up. That's why they went to the Jets because once that because when they went from the more condensed alignments, they got Notre Dame reduced and they, and they were able they to block the Jets, them off. and they were able yeah. to block down and, yep. and get out leveraged. Yeah, and then on some plays, the the second safety is a is a problem right now. The last couple games. Uh, and the second corner has been a problem. Like So that's where personnel is not getting it done. There was a particular play where uh, – and, and sometimes the other team makes good calls. right? Sure. So there was one particular play where Notre Dame ran a double inside blitz and Virginia Tech was running away from it. That's going to happen sometimes. It's a good call. You got us, right? Right. But even on that play, Houston Griffith has to come down and blow up the lead blocker, and he came down and then broke down and then engaged the guy as the quarterback runs right by him. You know which play I'm talking about? It's like a mm-hmm. this uh, second quarter. He, he he's doing too much of that in the last couple of games. I thought he was doing a good job in runs. I mean, you and I praised his run support effort the first three, four games of the year. He was, doing right. really, he was coming down, playing hard, but he's been far too passive. In the he's last run into
2: game. blocks. Like, he he's now, run right into yeah. it.
1: He had a huge play in this game, though. I will say this. Making that tackle on the one, I think it was a jet sweep that got him down to the two-yard line when it was 7 nothing, pushing that guy out before the goal line was huge
2: mm-hmm. because
1: they ended up having a goal line stand. Right. and uh, And – riley mills made a great play on that kurt heinish who was a monster in this game kurt heinish was they could not block and, and this is one of the better interior lines that notre dame's going to play this year virginia tech with brock hoffman at center and lasita smith at guard this is one of the best center guard combos notre dame's going to play all year and they could not block kurt Heinisch in this game or jason Adamuel or riley mills <laughs> so um but that was a huge play because they ended up forcing a field goal. If they fall behind fourteen nothing, there I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I, uh, timeout. Uh, Eric Ward, I love you, man, but you're, you got to stop coming with constant negativity, right? <laughs> just stop. Take a deep breath and just listen for a while, okay? Uh, but to me, defensively, I thought, I thought that was a big moment. But outside of that, the second safety and the second corner positions were they got they got hurt in this game. And a lot of it's just about not being aggressive enough and not playing with certainty. You're starting to see Tariq Gracie erring on the side of playing too far off because he's afraid of getting burned. That's that's what happened on that one outcut, right? The one he fell down on. He was playing so far off the ball because he didn't want Trey Turner to run by him. That's right. a guy not playing with confidence. Right. He's late driving on routes. that's a guy that's I think afraid of like a double move. He's not playing with confidence. Now he did a great job on that outcut. Under you know, stepped underneath it, went, and picked it off. Great play. But to me, Vince, that was that was the thing for me. I, I thought contain issues, I thought tackling issues, I thought leverage issues were huge. I thought Notre Dame made some adjustments and, and Virginia Tech did a nice job of counterpunching. It was a night nice, to me, it was a well-coached game after the first half a quarter. Right. I thought Virginia gave us some things. Notre Dame had to count counter back, and it just kind of went back and forth. But at the end of the game, I mean, really, what hurt Notre Dame in the second half was the contain. Just you know, giving up those giving up those plays where you lose contain on the quarterback really proved costly to me.
2: That well, and yeah, it was the it was the mistakes, and I you know I, I know you probably want to highlight this a little more specifically, but there were times when two guys would go to the same gap. Yeah, and it was a mistake. I mean, it was there was that
1: one time too on that one third, and there was like a third and six where the quarterback scrambled. Do you remember this? They had they were in their nickel package, and Jason Adamiola and Bo Bauer I know basically exactly like which sprinted. one you're talking about because they're I wrote running about away it. like they're running towards the back, like they both thought they had the same responsibility, and it just opened up a gap. Yes, like if just one of those guys does his job correctly, and I don't know it, which one was and it was he's Hamilton right
2: Bauer and Justin Adamiola all went that way. Right. Yeah. And yeah, i didn't
1: see kyle i just saw that he was
2: involved guys. too he was over yeah. there too and it was because i watched it like four times and i was like i can't believe three guys all went to the same gap like mm-hmm. it was clearly a mistake by somebody maybe two guys i don't know but yeah they they left they all went to the right and it left the left wide open and that's where the quarterback stepped up and ran and, it, and he had all kind of, look when you draw up things on defense all guy all gaps are covered right i mean that that's just the way it is and If two guys are going to the same gap, somebody made a mistake, and Virginia Tech made Notre Dame pay for a few of those. There were times where Notre Dame uh, would be very late in doing kind of a twist or coming around the backside, and I don't know if they were supposed to do that or if they were just doing it because they thought they could get into the backfield a little bit better, but they would abandon an area, and then Virginia Tech would just go right at it. I mean Mm -hmm. – they they did a good job with that. Burmeister did a good job because remember we told you before the game he wants to run the ball. He's a run first guy. So if he sees you vacate an area, he's gonna pull it down. He's gonna right. go. I mean, and and he he burned them a few times right. by doing that. No question.
1: They are the the thing that they're gonna have to do on defense during this break, Vince, and we'll dive more into it. But this game, it was very evident from this game was you still have some assignment stuff you have to clean up. Right. And number two, you're have to figure something out at that second safety and second corner position. Cause they're they're picking on Clarence Lewis and Tariq Bracey now. Uh Cam Hart had another good game. He's got it, he's got to stop the technical stuff. The tackle, uh, the pass, the holding. It was unnecessary hold. He's still gonna make those mistakes. That's just a fact. He's still a young, you know, young corner, he's gonna make those mistakes. He's just gotta start cleaning those up. But the tackle well, that's another one. It's like, you know, you look and say it's third and third and what five. He's got that sky squared up, two three yards behind the line of scrimmage. I mean, behind the first down stick. If he just executes a normal tackle, Notre name forces a three and out. Instead, he misses. They go down. End up putting a field goal drive together to take the lead. Right. It's those kind of things that, to me, if this defense can clean that stuff up, and you said you listened to his podcast, Vince, and he talked about that play. So why don't you go ahead and give that rundown?
2: Yeah, he did. I know I know some of the people in our chat uh, also listen to that uh, inside the garage podcast. But I find it very intriguing. But he talked about he's like, man, I got to make that play. He goes, but I was about two steps away and I wanted to lay a big hit. And he goes, then I realized it was third down. I was like, well, I just got to make the tackle. And he goes, then all of a sudden I was at the point of contact and I didn't do either one of them. He goes, I got caught in the middle and it shows like when he when you watch that. You can tell that he's going for one thing and then he kind of switches it up to do another and then just completely whiffs. I mean, it was he got inside of his own head and he just didn't make the play and it cost him. There's no question because it was like there would have been if he just makes a tackle or just grabs the guy and holds on to him. It's fourth down and it's a three and out. I mean, that's all he had to do. Um, and he's right. All he had to do is make the tackle. But, uh, I mean, it happens. I, I get where he's coming from. You just can't make those kinds of mistakes in, in that kind of a situation. That's all.
1: I still, Vince, I came away just really impressed with this defensive line. Uh, it oh, just God. like they really are. The, the, but I will say this. The one thing I need to see more from them from this game, they've got to make more play. They have to make more plays in the backfield on the ball.
2: Finish. They need to finish. Yes. Yes. Because there's times when there's guys there – and they may slow them up a little bit, or they, you know, they had if they can finish some of those plays, man, that that's the next step for this group for yeah. sure. Yes, yeah, absolutely, so definitely agree.
1: a lot to clean up. Definitely some things they got to get better on. At times, Virginia Virginia Tech has made plays. I mean, yeah. you know, look, Trey Turner's really good. We said that before.
2: He found uh, some soft spots in the zone, man. Yeah. I mean, it just
1: and Burmeister played better than he's played all year throwing the ball. I mean, he he made some really good throws that we're just not used to. I wasn't used to seeing him make. So part of that is too is. And this is true of the Virginia Tech defense. I mean, Virginia Tech, Notre Dame wasn't the only team that played hard on Saturday night. Right. You know, Virginia Tech came to play. They did. They they battled. They. I mean, they had no no respect for Notre Dame. They thought that they were just going to come in because they watched the game before. Right. And they watched Notre Dame kind of get hit in the mouth and kind of cower. And I think it says a lot about, you know, one thing that we talked about before the game, before the the game, we said we're going to learn a lot about the leadership of this football team from a player level. Yes. Right, because we were disgusted yes. by what we saw against Cincinnati. I have to say, whoever the leaders are on this team that were that were in the kids' faces all week and and, and pushing to see this team bounce back with the physical performance against and, and a poised physical performance because I thought Virginia right. Tech was a little on the the cheap shot dirty side, mm-hmm. and, and they tried to bait Notre Dame into some into some stuff, and Notre Dame's players didn't fall for it. But they but they they played. I mean Notre Dame. Went hit for hit against Virginia Tech, and at the end of the, by the end of the game, they made the bigger hits. They made the bigger plays, whether it was blocks, great runs, t- tackles, goal line stands, great special teams tackles on a night when otherwise the special teams were playing bad. You know Xavier Watts coming up with that big huge stop at the end. I was nervous about that. I'm like, there's enough time for them to get a long return here and get in field goal range the way that Notre Dame's been playing. Right. On special teams, and Xavier just goes down there and blows the guy up. That was awesome. So, I I I was this team. You know, and, and Kelly. It's like Kelly said it after the game, but he did it in such a childish, petty, whiny manner. Yeah, that it was kind of you know. It's like, you know, come on, man, be be better than that, right? But he was right though. This team has a lot of heart. Like the players, these players have a lot of heart and they were woefully unprepared emotionally and technically and schematically against against Cincinnati. They were not unprepared emotionally for this game. And it looked like because it was a road game, like they galvanized, they rallied around each other. They had each other's back and they played their butts off and, and they earned a, a win in a night where if I were to list all the mistakes they made, like just, and I'm talking about mistakes that cost them points on both sides of the ball, false starts, pick sixes, cornerbacks missing wide-open tackles that, instead of forcing a punt, lead to field goals, uh, clipping calls to take away. I mean, all the mistakes they made, you'd have been like, dude, they're going to lose by 20 to Virginia Tech. You know what I mean? They didn't. They won. Yeah. And it says a lot about the talent of this team, but it also says a lot about the resolve of this team. And that, to me, showed me a lot. But, Vince, man, they needed that during the bye weeks. So I
2: agree. Bad. I absolutely agree, and they needed to bring the fire this week. They needed it. They needed it because we would have had a lot different questions going into the bye week if they didn't. If they played the same way from an intensity level that they did against Cincinnati, you and I are having a completely different conversation right now. I mean, Mm -hmm. it just we we are, Um, and that's that's where you start really questioning the leadership and you know all of those things. Look, I, I get one game can be an anomaly. I get that 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 can happen for sure, uh, but it can't be a trend. And they right. bucked the trend this week, which was good right. because now you've got finals and you've got some mental stuff to take care of, and then you got to get back to the drawing board, you know, with what you want to do, you know, moving forward. Because look, again, it's Notre Dame. You're going to get the best shot from everybody, and a lot of these teams aren't going to have anything to lose when they play Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. All they're going to have is a chance to wreck whatever Notre Dame wants to do. Yeah. And, and people need to understand that because that's yeah. the way teams play against Notre Dame.
1: Yeah. And 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 this is the thing to your Vince this is a great super chat that came up just now as you were saying that. Uh David Carpenter said it seemed like Notre Dame responded to the chirping from Virginia Tech by giving as much as they got. I like seeing that. Is that what you saw in person, Brian? And and that's, and that's exactly what Vince is saying. Like they resp- they they bounced back from that and they weren't intimidated. They weren't hanging their heads. They weren't you know, Virginia Tech tried to get in their head the same way Cincinnati did. And this week, Notre Dame said, oh, "Oh, OK, you want to come at that? OK, I got a little something for you. And 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 getting in their, getting back in their faces, but not doing it in a you shoved me. I'm going to shove you back. Now I got a 15 yard penalty against me. Right. Way. Right. But like, OK, I'm going to creep up on you and I'm going to be saying stuff as opposed to using my hands and then get in trouble. I'm going to be like, OK, I got something for you. You, you, you know you want to you want to cheap shot me wait for the next snap exactly they, they, they speak with, with their fa- pads yeah, i'm at you oh absolutely they speak,
2: they speak with their pads and they speak with their play yeah. right. as opposed to just the dirty crap that i yeah. don't like yes you know yeah
1: or, or the responding like i had to have my teammates back and you know, okay yeah but you just got 15 yard penalty right you know i mean yes. there was there was a lot of like there was a couple times Notre name got tackled on the virginia tech sideline and the virginia tech players like in their faces and the Notre Dame players just – they they came to their teammate, but they didn't come start throwing people. Right. They came to their teammate, and they like poised walked out. But like you could tell that they were – Notre Dame players were like, yeah, okay, we got something for you. So right. David, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think the, the – there's a right way to respond to a team that's running their mouths and hitting you late and doing some of that stuff. And I thought Notre Dame's players responded to it, which is another example of a team that showed me a lot of maturity and leadership and poise – in a moment where they could not have won without those things. And I think that, to me, big picture-wise, was the biggest takeaway from this game. If that can then springboard into the second half of the season, and if they can make some offensive adjustments, and we'll talk about what those look like these next couple days. We'll talk about some of the schematic adjustments they need to make. I'm I'm excited again for the second half. I'll be honest. I was not going into last week's game. I was Mm -hmm. not looking forward to the second half of the season going into last week's game. But to see these players respond the way that they did, you know, to see Jack Cohn get benched and stay engaged and come back in like he'd been in the game the whole time. I mean, he walked onto the field at the end of that game like, OK, I got this. No big deal. I've been in here the whole time. You know, I mean, it just I I, I enjoyed it. And this is what I thought this team could be. Right. And and so we saw it. So that's going to do it for today's show. We're going to be back tomorrow for sure. We may do a show tonight. I'm not 100 percent sure, but that's why you need to hit the notification bell because we may do a hoop show tonight. We'll have to see. It just depends on my schedule and and but I really would like to do that. Tomorrow we'll be back at uh, 1230. We're going to talk about sort of the offense at the midterm break. We're going to give grades to each position group. We're going to talk about things that we need to see from this unit in the second half of the season, some of the adjustments we would be making if we were Notre Dame's coaches and we were self-scouting and things that we would do. We'll do the same thing for the defense on Thursday. And then, of course, Friday, Vince. You know what Friday is?
2: Mailbag Friday, baby.
1: right. That's right. So before you leave, hit the like button, hit the sub- subscription b- button, hit the notification bell. Check out the Irish Breakdown message board. We had a really good week of signups last week. I want to have another great week during the bye week of getting people signed up for that. Lots of good discussion going on uh, over there. Uh, it was nice to get a win this weekend. There was a lot of you know a lot of frustration and negativity. So it was nice to get a win this weekend It kind of gives some people because they look fans need a need a win going to the bye week too, right? Yeah, they, they need one too. Uh, so, you know, hit, hit, no check doubt. out boards at oursbreakdown.com. If you, you know, you're on your bye week, you need some snacks, some really healthy, fun, incredibly tasty snacks, go check out our Built Bar link. The Rocky Road Built Bar is back and I am super stoked about that because I'm going to be buying some of those today. So, and of course they still have some chocolate cookie dough, which is my new favorite. Uh, so check that out. If you use the promo code Irish breakdown, you get a 10% discount off of your whole purchase. I saw somebody made another purchase today. Uh, so appreciate y'all checking that out, but we'll be back tomorrow. Make sure you're ready to be with us. We'll try to incorporate some, you know, a few more questions in tomorrow, the way tomorrow's show is going to be, but, Just if you got some things you want us to really talk about, just make sure you're there on Friday because we will be ready to absolutely answer it all. So, for Vince, I'm Brian. Well done. Y'all have a great rest of your day, and we will talk to you again very, very soon.